The Tea Health Show, your medical lifestyle podcast, brought to you by the Tea Clinic. Good morning, I'm Dr. Mark. This is the Tea Health Show, and um, in studio today, as always, Sister Elise Van Art, our producer Simpiwi, and then we've roped Erin into the studio because we're talking about a topic specifically related to males. Um, morning, Erin. Good morning. Good morning, Dr. Good Mark. luck, Erin. <laughs> I'm going to need it. <laughs> okay. So this morning on Gareth's show, um, we spoke about uh, delayed puberty in boys. And what was so interesting is that Pumi said for her it was quite shocking and um you know what she even thought that it was a little bit controversial and i i do I, I do get where she's coming from because for a mother to assess um stages of puberty and whether your son is going into puberty can be a little bit of a an issue it it can be i never thought of it myself as a mom i thought the dad would Run that part of the family. I never thought of looking out for stages for of if puberty progresses properly or t- according to timelines. Well, Elise, I um, uh, Aaron asked a, a, a question. He said that he he was a bit of a late bloomer. Mm-hmm. Um, so you asked, is there a right time to start? So. Um, Can I be like the the idiot in the room? Let's <laughs> change. <laughs> well, can we first define what puberty is? Yes, that's a very good question. Yeah. So puberty is a stage of life where the child's body mm-hmm. starts transitioning and changing into an adult body. So this is where you become sexually mature, um, able to reproduce. Now, um, one of the, the big things that we need to understand is that this is a process and it happens over a couple of years. So, Erin, um, yes. uh, when do you think this should start? Um, if you say that you were so you you think that your puberty was a bit delayed when do you when do you think puberty should have started i think um generally puberty starts around like the ages of like 12 13 in those fields and then um i know for some maybe around 16 that's when i'd say is like you've now reached a slight bit of a late stage um yeah so between 12, 12 to 13, that's when normally your puberty starts. And then 16 is when you're like, it's a bit late. But yeah, we're here now. Actually, it starts a little bit earlier. So I'm late, late. <laughs> <laughs> now, what age was your late? <laughs> I, 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 can't, I can't remember, but I know I was, I think, maybe, maybe I wasn't late. I don't know. Because I think. Okay, so I'm going to, I'm going to yeah, stop 13 you. there, yeah. So. What did you see as the signs of puberty? What, what, if you think of puberty, what are the signs that you're The most shocking experience of my life, which was having a hard on for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> the, 
But don't you all initiate a hard on from very it, early it, it, on? It happened. It happened out of nowhere. If I'm going <laughs> oh, to so you didn't initiate a hard on. I know from my boy that he played with that thing until it was a hard on. <laughs> <laughs> And apparently I'm the controversial <laughs> So, you know what, Elise, it's a valid point to make But that's not where it starts um, It actually starts with filling out And enlargements of the testicles Okay So um, when the, when They say when, when your balls drop. drop Yes, yes, yes So, um how old were you when that happened? Yo, David. I can't remember. It was not something I, I can't that remember. I paid attention it was like to. Something that goes. No. 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 It's not goons. Sound effects. <laughs> no, like like I said, the what I do remember was that moment where one day out of nowhere I just had a hard on, and it was, was it during the day? Was it? Yeah, it happened. It happened. I'll never forget this. It was so In embarrassing. Class. <laughs> no, it it literally happened on my on my way to school. I was in my mom's car heading to school and then I just felt a little growth happen in my pants <laughs> and I was like I don't know what's going on. I just yeah, it was it was a very awkward moment. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think what we need to understand is that this is a, a, a very complex process mm. of under hormonal influence. And here the brain, your pituitary gland, which sits at the base of the brain, or, um, as well as your testicles or ovaries are involved. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of stuff that can go wrong. Mm. Um, it's basically signals that are sent from your hypothalamus. Now, we know the hypothalamus, that area of the brain that connects your endocrine system with your nervous system. And it sends nervous uh, – well, it's basically the brain, which is nerve conduction, mm-hmm. um, that sends a signal to the pituitary gland – to which acts like the control center for most of your hormones to start secreting hormones called follicle stimulating hormone and luteinizing hormone and under that influence the testicle starts enlarging and this has got everything to do with sperm production if you don't produce sperm uh, you're not going to produce testosterone to a, a large degree. Mm-hmm. So it's all got to do mostly with follicle-stimulating hormone. Um, and there's a lot of things that can go wrong, and there's a lot of things that can influence that. But we'll get mm-hmm. to that. Now, um, there's certain stages of puberty, and they classify this for Tanner stages. Okay. Um, and Sister Elise is going to uh, just run us through the Tanner stages. Okay, so I found it interesting that it's stages one to five, but stage one is actually your prepubertal stage. So nothing happens there. Um, there's no visible changes or you not outside physical changes. Everything happens inside the body. It's the prepubertal stage. And then stage two, the physical changes start to happen. And that's usually between the age of nine to 14 years. Uh, genital development, the growth of the testicles in the scrotum. Uh, 
As well as the penis. As well as the to penis. A, to a lesser degree, but yeah. definitely the penis as well. And then growth of hair around the penis and under the arms. And then increase in height, typically four to five centimeters. Yeah, so this is when, like during the school holidays, he was like a meter tall and then he comes back and yeah. he's a giant. And, and, then what he's, happened? and then he's just feet, knees and whatever. Hormones. Yeah. Um, And in this stage, it's interesting for me, I never realized that, is where they complain of growing pains. Yeah, it's that rapid bone growth. Yes. um, Yes. Which leads to growing pains. It was something Mm. that was common when we were in primary school. Yes. Uh, Guys in in grade, now it's grade Six, six and seven. seven. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not good with a grade. But you still um, like standard. Yes, absolutely. Darling, it's standard. Accepted. Sub on sabian, eh? That's the like standard. Four, four, five, well right? done for remembering <laughs> that we worked with standards. <laughs> so our grade six, seven would be your standard four, four five, five, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we have parents. <laughs> Either generation that just skipped that phase. <laughs> okay. So we least mentioned something there that I just want to uh, stand still with at the moment mm-hmm. for a moment. Is um, she spoke about the development of um, pubic hair? Mm-hmm. Now, this is soft, fuzzy hair. <laughs> this yeah. is not the pubic hair that we know as adults, which is coarse okay. hair. This is soft, yeah. fuzzy pubic hair and soft, fuzzy hair, which I still wish I had under my arms. <laughs> um, but, um, and it's something. That you cannot put a lot of credence to for a simple reason, hair growth. And I think specifically in, in, um, in, well, more African men, hair growth can be something that's very sparse. Um, you know what? It, it's not as if, um, you become a monkey around your penis and under your arms. Like, um, I think Caucasian guys sometimes are able to. So, um, it's more the filling out of, the filling out of the scrotum, I, I think. And the which growth is of the penis. I mean, I mean, I remember when that first little twirl showed up <laughs> as the happiest moment of our lives. <laughs> Because then that's when we start realizing, yeah, we are growing from boys to men at this point. Well, you know what? Um, it's growing fuzz in funny places was a little bit weird. So um, this is something that I think can cause a lot of distress. And we see that in our practice yeah. uh, quite often. So um, then stage three can happen between 10 and 16 years. Now, this is also continued growth of the penis and testicles, as well as possible wet dreams. That is where you dream and, and, and ejaculation so happens. So this is time emissions. Yes. <laughs> nice word of saying them. Girls don't get them. This is this was such an awkward time of many of our lives. I have to be honest. I can I can't remember ever having them. Oh, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to. Exi- it was an awkward silence for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that time it's 
especially when you don't know what it is. Yeah. It's. You think you beat in the bait. Yes. Mm. But then it's like. You know what? Then, no. <laughs> <laughs> then it's like this gooey substance on your underwear, or and you're like, what just happened? It's <laughs> shame, man. Oh, it's terrible. But in any case, okay. let's you continue. Know, we, we had dark sheets. <laughs> Yo, yo, even worse. Oh, so yeah. it like a stain with show show. Yes. <laughs> Can't get away with it now. <laughs> okay, then the pubic hair will darken and become coarser. Um, and it will have a triangular shape over the pubic area. And then also height increase. And that is also more or less five centimeters per year. Just... On a like a subsection of this <laughs> During this phase Is it possible to kind of help enhance this process? Okay, we'll get there Okay Yes, it is But it's something that we should not be doing Yeah mm-hmm. I, I just feel like na- Nature Just gave me the short end of the stick In terms of my height <laughs> Physical height to be specific <laughs> <laughs> You know And I'm just like if during that because phase, we call it length. <laughs> length. Mm. So I'm just like, if it was possible to just maybe have like more zinc or something just to increase or help I, boost. I, that's a very good question because nutrition plays mm. an incredibly important role in um, development. So yes, you can. Um, uh, and I, I'll, I, I can share with you that um, in my family, mm. my brother was the smallest kid in school right until matric. Well, to the end of matric, he was short um, and tiny. And varsity, his first year varsity, filled out. Um, and his son... Is exa- was exactly the same. He, you know what? He was the shortest little boy in school, mm. phenomenal athlete um, and sportsman, which started counting against him when he got to grade 10. Uh, why? Because he was small. And um, what we what we did is we started him on – um, a good multivitamin supplement And for me The one that I go to there For kids of that age Is Staminogrow um, it, it works well And you know Within a couple of months He just caught up with all his friends From being the smallest To being one of the bigger boys I think it's fair to say One needs to go and not investigate why that happens, but there is different conditions why the, the growth doesn't happen. Yeah, and it's something that we will speak yeah. uh, about just now when it comes to constitutional growth delay. Yes. Um, okay, Elise, stage okay. four. Um, stage three includes then more sweating and they start with body odor. And I remember that with my son is suddenly his, his smell changed. Um, now that's when everyone said to you, please start standing closer yes. to right guard and um, <laughs> English blazer. <laughs> and then vocal changes. It's yes. where we say your voice is cracking. 
<laughs> and that's what what you just did. Yeah. That's what the boys always did. It's it's like, like, <clears throat> like this to yeah, so like uh, <laughs> for me, in I I was singing the youth choir um, in standard five and standard six, and I was singing um, soprano. Ooh. And so you can hit those high notes. I can, actually, can sing? I can actually hit the discant. Sure. I don't know what it's called in English, but it's discant in Afrikaans. So really, really high. And then suddenly you were singing. What the hell is this? I can't, I, I, I can't get there. And I mean, you can't, you also can't go down uh, an octave layer, uh, a lower. So yeah. you were stuck with it. <laughs> voice So I think mine stuck all the way through Okay and so. then increased muscle mass And then another thing that Some boys And I thought all the boys goes through this stage Is breast enlargement um, 50% of yeah. Of boys will have Some form of breast enlargement, uh, enlargement. We call it gynecomastia But in mm, 90% of those 50% it it reverses spontaneously yes. um, uh, where, where you have that soft pointy tissue uh, And tenderness yeah. Around the nipple And in our days we called it stonies Yes, correct If you, if you have that uh, you, you can't wear a shirt Sure It's, it, it, it's, it's the soft. same stage that we go through as females Yeah no, That start me for sure <laughs> Okay. I also did. My brother had it quite yeah. bad. Yeah. Sure. And then stage four is when puberty hits full stride, ages 11 to 16, growth in penis, darkening of skin around the, on the scrotum and testicles. And then the red ridges on, on the, um, scrotum. On the underside of the scrotum. On the underside of the scrotum. <coughs> For that specific reason, just think of a concertina. Um, that skin needs to, be able to stretch and expand according to your body temperature to mm. maintain optimal uh, temperature for sperm development. Yes, and then um, the, an, a real growth spurt for of about ten centimeters about a year. Eight. Yeah, and acne can develop in this period, and that's the high testosterone levels that that brings that on and continue the skin. Ah, oh, the voice cracking. Yeah. In this stage Stage 5 is the final stage Puberty ends in this stage They finish their growth and physical development Which I feel it's a bit um, Too abrupt to say they finish Because I know of lots of guys That continue growing After their 20th year of age Well, you know what And I think that points to the fact <coughs> That puberty is a process that happens over time and it's never the same mm. for everyone. Um, it can start as early as we said as about 10, 9, 10, where you start seeing changes. Um, and instead of happening, for some guys in my school, it happened within three years, four years, and gone. Uh, they stopped growing in standard nine. And for others, um, you know, it, it continues, as I said, with my brother. He went into puberty at the same time, but he had a growth delay. Um, so he went through puberty normally and only really had his last growth spurt at the age of 19 and 20. Yeah. 
Okay, so the hair growth extends to the thighs, and um, well, that's the one that we don't want. Yes, I know. <laughs> and then side burns on your inner thighs. It's <laughs> not pleasant. Some guys develop a line of hair on the midline from the pubic area to the na- to the umbilicus. Yes, some yeah, guys develop far more than that. <laughs> And then um, facial hair started gro- starts growing. It's a sign see, of realization. You see, is, you see, right there is where I'm just like, yeah, I really did get the short end of the stick because face. What is facial hair for me? Like well, this, this, again. this, this just started. <laughs> well, you know what? Again, and I'm like 28 okay. this year, and it, well, it's been it's been <laughs> fluffing around for like. A couple of years now, but <laughs> this is as much as it, this is as far as it gets. I was asked in standard four to shave my mustache. I had to hear nowhere else. Hectic. But my mustache. Hectic. I still have whiskers. <laughs> Shame. <laughs> and then, um, um, something important is, I think, what people don't realize is that boys also go through an emotional stage. Ah, let's talk about that one. Yes. <laughs> I want to hear that one. The one, so, the one <coughs> tell us to. I'm going to, to reiterate bury. what you've just said. Because, uh, Pumi asked this morning, mm-hmm. um, can, can you say that someone is going, uh, through puberty with becoming moody and, that and I said to her, my opinion is that boys are much easier than girls. Didn't True. you just want to lock yourself in your room and keep yourself busy? It's just better that way. You had your own toys. You didn't. You <laughs> yeah, our toys, our toys travel with us everywhere we go. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, uh, but yes, Elise, and those emotional changes are difficult. I think not only for the boy, but. For the whole family. Yes, exactly. Um, you have uh, you have a boy and a girl. For who who was easier for you when it came to came to the moods, um, emotional side, Ingela or Antony? Uh, I have to think about it. I think Ingela is three years older than Antony, and. I could relate to, I could see what happens with her because I've been through that. And Twenny deflected his emotional changes by teasing his sister. No, it's not deflecting your emotions. <laughs> it's just what you do. <laughs> <coughs> but I can't remember that Antony went through a difficult time. He went through a time that he acted out. Because now that I think back, I think it was, I don't know how, what happens with my body. I think I might have an answer for this one. Answer? Um, I think the reason why it's in a sense almost seems easier with guys is because we, we've kind of conditioned a lot of boys that we can't act out our emotions, right? And we can't cry. We can't, there's, there's like this social and family orientated, Kind of structure for guys that you, you're not allowed to, to really be within your emotions. So, and because we in this, we kind of constricted into this field, we don't know how to, when we feeling a certain type of way, we don't know how to, I guess, address or speak about it. Whereas with your, um, with your daughter, it's easier for her to, she just feels like crying. She can cry. Yes. And you just like, no, it's okay. You can come here, cry. 
it's it's a lot easier to kind of maneuver uh your daughter through her emotions because we've family and societally kind of structured it that way i look at it from <clears throat> just me um when i was younger the moment I started, I guess, when puberty was starting and I was acting out and I was a little bit moody and I was doing this, even if I felt weird and I wanted to cry about something, it was instantly, boys don't cry. So now you're in that situation where you're like, okay, I can't cry, but it all of a sudden makes sense if I got into a fight with someone. Because then it's like, we've kind of only allowed... Uh, aggressive. to be aggressive. And that's the only emotion we are allowed to kind of express ourselves through. And then we have this thing where they say guys are problematic because they become almost delinquent, but it's like, that's the only avenue we've ever been allowed to kind of express our emotions through. If that makes sense. It makes sense. It makes I, totally I, I sense. I hear what you say. Um, I, ha- I have to be honest. I don't have children. Um, I have a nephew that went through that. Um, maybe it's because of a discipline that we had growing up. Um, but, you know, it, I, I, I almost see the emotional side as more of a boys disconnect. They don't talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, on the other hand, girls become um, very moody, very sullen. Um, no one understands me and things like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think... I do think that the the family structure plays a big role Absolutely. in this. I, I agree, especially if, if, there's, if you have a single parent, yes. whether you're a man having to go through puberty with your daughter because it's something that you really don't understand... And she's going through changes physically, emotionally, et cetera, et cetera. It's difficult to communicate that. Or for mums with um, uh, single mums with with boys, I, I think this uh, puts a lot of strain on. Which is uh, something that's very important, I think, in this stage is to be there for your child and ride this through with them. I remember um, with Antoine, and that was something that was basically frowned upon at his age is he attached himself to me for instance we'll walk in a mall and he will have his arm around my shoulder like you know it's it's Mm -hmm. his safe place and I accepted what he's going through and we rode through this whole thing so there should always be a parent that understands this and help them through this stage um, is, would you always want, almost want to say this is why girls and fathers gravitate yes. together and that's in my family there yeah that I, was I, what I see that but family. what I also see is as you know but just think about what happens in a pride of lions or um, with mm-hmm. elephants or, or whatever when the um, boys start going through puberty, um, they start challenging the males, uh, and you know what? Now it's that assertion of dominance, mm-hmm. um, and I see, I saw that very clearly with my brother and my nephew. Um, uh, you know what? Where they started. 
pushing one another's boundaries. Just how far can I push you yes. before someone's going to lash out? Yes. Um, and you know, at least you met JD. He's, um, he's a great kid, but you know what? He's got a mouth on him. Um, and he but he's got charm as well. But that's the problem. <laughs> so he Those are the dangerous kind. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he's so charismatic and he's such an Afrikaans vintgat. Um, <laughs> and I enjoy a and, lot. And, and, you know, but you get to that, that point where, um, you know, but my brother can still put him in his place by literally just one look. But, but that's same look, in my family. That look doesn't, doesn't cut it anymore. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? Um, oh yeah, definitely. Like, even, I won't lie, I won't pretend like I didn't test boundaries when I got to a certain age. Um, it's, it's, I think it, it just happens. And it's, it's like, I wouldn't say defiance. It's like you get to a point where certain rules don't make sense anymore. Because you yeah. feel like I'm yeah. not a child like that yes. anymore. So I think if I had to say, uh, I don't think I'll be a parent anytime soon, but it's like for a guy, as you grow, as your child gets older, how you structure the rules of the household also starts needs to kind of almost adjust to his age. Because if you treat her, if you treat a 16 year old the same way you treat a 10 year old, you will get heavy backlash. You'll get this constant pushback. We, yeah, pushback because at that age, we don't want to be treated like a 10 year old. We want to be treated like a 16 year old. Um, and I think that's where parents also kind of miss the mark is that you are still. Can I come to the defense of parents to a certain yeah. extent? He's still a kid. <laughs> you still make it. Thank you. Thank you for saying that mm. because going through puberty and developing into mm. a sexually mature um, teenager does not mean that your prefrontal cortex, the part of your brain which is responsible for you acting on emotion, is developed. That only happens after the age of 25. So, Simpiwe, it's an incredibly valid point that, that you make. Um, as teenagers, uh, you know what, come on, we, we always say, yeah, but I know, I know what's best for me. And when you get to my age and Elisa's age, you look back and say, you know what, my parents were right. I hate admitting this, but actually they were right. So, um, <laughs> what <laughs> you'll get there it's Don't a couple of years away from you yeah. Yeah. so um what causes delayed puberty yes well we know the one is what nutrition well nutrition plays an incredibly important role but nutrition has a a bigger role to play in something that we call um constitutional growth delay and we see this um if you look at um, uh, especially African countries where there's not a lot of food. These kids are small. Um, they're shorter um, than their peers who are well-fed mm-hmm. um, and well-nourished. Um, and constitutional growth delay, and this is where um, – your height doesn't increase. And this accounts for 60% of people that think that there's delayed onset puberty um, 
it it actually delays the puberty because you don't have nutrients to to fuel and feed the body's development in a natural state. It can also be a genetic thing. If your father or one of your parents has delayed your growth, then that can happen with you as well. But it can, it will reverse. And um, it's interesting to see that that growth delay, Mm -hmm. constitutional growth delay, is something that's more prevalent in boys. Yes, than girls. Than in girls. Is there any reason why? Yeah, you girls eat more. (laughs) (laughs) No, there isn't. I actually just think... I actually just think that, um, you know what, you can see when a boy is going through puberty is that you can't keep the fridge and the cupboards full. Yes. Um, and with girls, it's not that. For boys, that muscle development, mm-hmm. uh, girls do have an increase in muscle development, but not to the same extent as boys. So... Um, if if you if they don't have energy, you know they're going to lag behind. So that's definitely. I remember something. we were six children, and we took the bus home from school, and then at the bus terminal you need to change buses. But then somebody quickly runs to the cafe to buy two loaves of bread. In that times, it wasn't the. St- Corner store, it was the cafe. Cafe. And it's usually a Greek or a Portuguese Correct. So we bought two loaves of bread. One was for my eldest brother and the rest was for the five of us to share. No, I believe that uh, because I used to have eight slices of bread um, around this time of the this is why I'm so tiny. <laughs> Somebody ate my your bread. Ate it and didn't grow. It was a futile effort on his side. So, um, what we need to say is, kids that have constitutional growth delay really do catch up, okay. um, and they are normal height and stature um, when when they. Um, Get into adulthood, which only starts after the age of twenty-one. I think I'm done now. I've, <laughs> I've reached my limit. Well, you know what? I can help you to get bigger. Yes, sir. We'll talk about that. <laughs> okay. So, how do we how do we diagnose this? It's it's important because if you need to tell us that, Doctor Mark, we don't know. If you if you do expect this. Um, there's a simple test okay. uh, that you can do, which include um, uh, X-ray, yeah, X-ray of the wrist and X-ray of the bones in the hand. Um, we can oh. see on an expert, a, a, a radiologist. That's exactly where I was. Uh, because simply, we, uh, shall we continue our conversation <laughs> while they talk about right. the heft of bulls? I, was, I didn't know I was right. That was that was a great moment. <laughs> X-rays. <laughs> so your um, your radiologist and a good general practitioner that has a, a bit of a background in radiology would be able to see whether the bones are developing um, to that of an adult, and, and you know those are X-ray changes. The the ones that are more serious is for hormonal problems where, again, the brain either doesn't, either doesn't send the message um, to start the pubertal period or 
whether end organs, and in this case it would be your testicles and or ovaries, not and, uh, testicles or ovaries, where they don't get the message or they cannot react on the message. And that is, is a primary, um, cause of, um, Delayed puberty, and this is something that, you know what, is incredibly distressing for the kids and the adults, And but it is something that we can treat um, successfully with the help of an experienced uh, healthcare provider. Um, there's other stuff um, that also has an impact on that pubertal signals. Um, so we've, we've spoken about diet and nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, celiac disease, do you guys know what that is? No. This is a severe gluten intolerance. And it's an absorption problem where the gut really cannot absorb food. And you, you see this with people when they eat uh, especially Gluten and wheat and things like that Where they become violently ill They either have severe diarrhea Bloating etc etc So this is something that We are starting to see more and more Frequently Um, And I do think that this has got to do With the genetic modification of our food stocks Um, Hormonal influence Um, I had that question this morning Um, You know With with all the estrogens etc etc That we have in our food Does this have an impact And uh, yes I'm I'm going to say that Um, It it definitely will have So Keeping Giving kids a healthy Nutritional um, Diet With uh, Devoid of or at least decreased um, exposure to pesticides and um, insecticides and plastics and hormones, um, you know, what uh, can definitely have a big impact on, on sexual development or puberty for that matter. Then um, we also have um, medication. Okay. And this is this is important for us to know. So it, when it comes to the hormonal part of stuff, we have sep- secondary hypogonadism. And this is secondary hypogonadism is when your pituitary gland um, doesn't send the signals of follicle-stimulating hormone and luteinizing hormone. So kids with brain injuries can sometimes have this. Um, and then we have functional Functional um, hypogonadotropic um, hypogonadism. And gonotropic, as we said, it's just those stimulating hormones um, that are affected. And here we are looking at hypothyroidism, which is something that we should pick up in children and something that we need to look for in children. Inflammatory conditions. So your kids with uh, juvenile rheumatoid arthritis or serious inflammatory conditions, mostly of it, most of them would be um, autoimmune. And um, lo and behold, and this is the little boy that we saw in our our uh, practice uh, two weeks ago. Um, great athlete, and um, excessive exercise also slows down. Um, I found that puberty. very interesting. Actually. That is very interesting. Yeah. 
There's a study, I'm not sure how accurate the study is, but they say people who are, I guess, fitness junkies tend to live less uh, shorter lives than the one who, I guess, would genuinely be almost like a couch potato almost. And like not, I'm not saying like couch potatoes and you sit there, watch TV, eat all day and that's all you do. But I'm saying you live just like a averagely normal life where your, your form of exercising would be like maybe walking, doing all these other so the man yeah, the, of, the, the everyday junkie. man compared to the fitness junkie. Yes. And that's because when yes. you sweat, <clears throat> in your sweat, you're losing a lot of uh, minerals and stuff that your body actually needs and you don't. Well, you know what, there's um, old Chinese saying, and yeah. this is actually true. Any pump has a, a finite amount of pumps that it can do and your heart's a pump. Mm. Um, so, you know what, um, excessive, um, strain on, on your heart, on your muscles, et cetera, et cetera, leads to uh, a breakdown of tissue. So moderate exercise is definitely something that we should do. Why? Because it keeps us fit and strong. Excessive exercise, your endurance athletes actually break down tissue and damaged tissue because they cannot replace it fast enough. So um, your, your guys that run uh, comrades four times a year and things like that, or these people that decide that they're going to row across the Atlantic Ocean, um, those endurance exercise, you are right. Um, that I, 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 I'm aware of those studies, and yes, I have to agree with it, that with uh, – People, it's it's the same, you know. But everything in moderation is good. Everything that you overdo yeah. can be detrimental. Yeah. Okay. And something I want to ask is, um, in the in the reading that I've done, it it said that certain psychiatric medications can also delay puberty. Not certain, most of them. Most of them. How does that work? And I'm thinking specifically, most, oh, not most, let me just rephrase this. Children are being diagnosed with ADHD and putting on stimulants or et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You think that will have an influence on... I, when it comes to your ADHD medication, no, I, you, you know, it kids with, um, depression or schizophrenia and stuff like that from a very young age. Yes, those, those types, your psychiatric medication. Okay. Um, because of the effect that they have on your neurotransmitters, dopamine, serotonin, um, acetylcholine, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's one of the main, main causes of delayed. Uh, puberty in both boys and girls, um, uh, for these young kids with, with psychiatric, um, serious psychiatric issues. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. There is one, um, that, um, I think goes by the wayside and this is undescended testicles mm. in, in boys. So simply, would you know what that is? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So when you talk about the balls that drop, mm-hmm. when a baby is born, uh, male boys, one of the examinations that you do before the kid actually gets back to mum mm-hmm. is you examine um, the genitalia because you need to be able to feel two tiny, tiny little testicles. Um, and um, 
you know, but the, uh, uh, an undescended testicle is, is a great risk factor, okay. um, for kids or, and men being in later years for a couple of reasons. Um, number one, it's, um, one of the major causes of testicular cancer in, in men. And it's also one of the major causes of infertility in men. Um, when the testicle hasn't, um, descended into the scrotum. Um, it's something that we identify in those kids actually, um, get, um, um an orchipexian, um, sister Elise who worked in theater with these little boys for a very long time would tell you that this is an operation that we do, um, uh, at a very young age, usually between one and two years old. Where we, where we um, take that testicle and stitch it down back into the scrotum, so so that it can develop. Yeah. That's the well, and stop the developing of cancer. Exactly. On on this on this cancer notion, uh, can I just I just want to bust a myth here, um, no pun intended. Is it true that uh, masturbation, like? Frequently within a space, let's say like two or three times a week helps prevent two um, or three times a week. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Just saying. It's not the intercourse included. No, no, no. That's for masturbation. You know what I mean? Sorry. I'm going to be very blunt. When I was at school, it happened two or three times in the morning. (laughs) Yes. Sick days were the best. <laughs> you felt like crap, but very good afterwards. <laughs> so, um, does, so like, does frequent it, masturbation yeah, help with, with prostate like, cancer? Prostate cancer, yeah. yes. Absolutely. Okay. Mm. So, boys. So, now I need to make sure you that… You don't use it, you lose it. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. You learned that from Elise. <laughs> All right, all so, right. you know, with masturbation for boys and girls are healthy. It's, it's a healthy release of endorphins. It's a healthy way of releasing stress. It's a healthy way of getting cardiovascular or a cardiac workout because your um, arm is busy. <laughs> no, it's your heart rate increases. Why am I the serious one always? So, um, when, when we talk about yes. sexual development, and it's actually something that, you know, what, um, uh, is coming into my head is something, a, a topic that we, we need to examine mm-hmm. is it's something I think, especially in girls, um, that's a taboo that, that doesn't happen. And, yeah. you know, but it's something, uh, you, uh, remember some Piwe and Erin, I don't know if you know this, a female organa- orgasm is a learned experience. <laughs> if you don't teach yourself, um, get there, you'll never, it's, it's very difficult for you to achieve an orgasm. I want to go back to Erin's question. Yes, yes, yes. Why it's important to ejaculate often mm. is it's good for your prostate. Okay. okay. Your prostate produces sperm. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, seminal fluid. seminal fluid, sorry. Oh, yes. And if you don't ejaculate that, it sort of stagnates in your prostate, and that um, let, uh, your prostate becomes bigger, and it's known then as benign prostat- prostatic hypertrophy. And that 
becomes so big it closes off your urethra and then you start battling weeing, etc. That happens years later when you're old, when you're older. So there's nothing wrong to masturbate and empty your prostate. Let me put it that way. All right. No, because this is something I think a lot of guys, like, a lot of guys masturbate, but we still have this notion that well, it's such a You know what? Thing. I want to ask that question yeah. because I have black patients that come to me mm-hmm. um, for treatment of erectile functioning. And when I do certain procedures on them, I say to them, okay, fine, you have homework. You need to go and stimulate blood flow to the penis. In other words, you need to masturbate. And they look at me very funny. And it's, yeah, I don't do that. And the one guy said to me, I, you know what, I feel like a loser when I masturbate. And yeah, you know they, I don't understand that. It's, Some it's, of my best orgasms that I've ever had was while I was masturbating. Yeah. It's because there's this, um, it's culturally we've made masturbation demasculating. So culturally. Yes. Okay. So it's you, if you, if you as a black man masturbate, it's, it's, it's seen as you, you are unable, you, you unable to at least get somebody, a woman, a woman to, to get that off if, you. Uh, you know what? You know? If we, uh, when you say that, I immediately go to, uh, gender based violence, um, especially in, um, now rural areas mm. and, and, and amongst black, uh, uh, People, uh, I, I don't know how prevalent this is in white people. I think we have a, a maybe a little bit of a more liberal uh, approach to masturbation. I don't yes. know whether that is it. Um, if only more people will masturbate and not depend on, uh, you know, what, uh, yes. be, uh, fulfilling their sexual urge, just because this is one of the things that happened during puberty, uh, no longer depend on a partner. Um, uh, you know what, um, to do that, I, I actually think it, it can go a long way in, in, um, addressing a lot of social, um, problems that we have. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I'm going to sneeze. Carry <laughs> <laughs> <Hurry> on. <laughs> I do have a question to ask, right? <laughs> so, Bless you. parents, um, when should they start, uh, Initiating the conversation? No, not, or, or looking out or being aware that like if they have like a teenager, you know, is this a good time for them to be having, um, going through puberty or should I start being worried and taking the kids? You know to what? Doctor? I want to answer that. I think it starts at birth. Okay. It's your connection with your child. Um, that conversation or that trust relationship mm-hmm. that they can come to you with anything. And talk to you about it. Um, no, I, 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 I'm going to agree with you, but I, you know what? I also think it's a very awkward stage for both men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, to, from to from from the teenager side, yes, I understand that. So, simply, if we answer that question, if by the age of fourteen mm-hmm. there's no development in um, the genital area. Um, you know what, now you need to start worrying. Okay. Okay, so by the age of 13, 14, by 14, boys should be in puberty and they should f- finish 
um, no later than I would say around 16. So the general norm is girls start uh, around about the age of 9 to 13. Um, boys start around the age of 10 where there's changes that start happening and they should commence the changes uh, no later than 14. If by the age of 14 there's uh, still no development, you know, now you need to go and see your uh, healthcare I think this also leads to the question of when is puberty too early? So that's something called precocious puberty. Hmm. And again, hormonal influences here, maybe certain medications, hypothyroidism, overactive thyroid, uh, and even the opposite, hypothyroidism um, can um, trigger puberty sooner. Mm -hmm. Um, You know what I know of a boy... Um, that impregnated a girl. He was eight and she was seven. So what happens then if you do, I think a healthcare provider needs to actually diagnose early puberty, but what is the treatment for that then? Here, um, you know what, I, I actually think that you will allow the puberty to go on. I wouldn't stop the puberty. Um, it's the opposite when we had delayed Puberty, where we will start hormonal treatment or at least go and find the cause. So um, this is something that's, that's easily diagnosable in simple blood tests. So we spoke about bone development, but that's more for constitutional growth development mm-hmm. or growth delay. Um, but the hormonal tests, if at the age of 14 is nothing, you will start looking at follicle-stimulating hormone and testosterone levels uh, in these kids. Um, and it, it can be treated, and the treatment is actually quite simple. Um, but if you misdiagnose this and you start treating these kids with hormones when they shouldn't be receiving the hormones, you open a very big can of snacks, not even worms. So is there a blood test that can be done? Follicle-stimulating hormone and testosterone. Okay. Yeah. So um, easily just a blood test. Um, so I've been giving the lasso. I can't believe it this went past so so quickly. Um Hormonal development and uh, childhood development is a topic that we can spend hours and hours on. Um, uh, so let's let's sum up for our parents. Um, puberty is a stage in, in in life where the body starts changing from that of a child to an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, there's various causes for the delay thereof. Mm-hmm. Um, the bigger biggest ones is just a, a delay. Why? Because one or both the parents went into puberty a little bit later than anyone, uh, than their peers. Um, usually that's not a problem. Most most kids catch up. Um, nutrition plays a role. Medication plays a role um, in these things. Um, puberty, you should see clear signs by the age of 13, 14. And if you don't see that, now it's time for you to um, start seeking medical help um, for the sake of not so much of development, but for the sake of uh, emotional well-being for these kids. It's not nice to be the smallest little kid in school, 
um, all get into a locker room and everyone is walking around with swinging sausages and you still have a little um, schmeckle. So, <laughs> um, anything question-wise from from you guys? No, I've debunked the the most pressing matter that I knew about. <laughs> yeah, now I know. Now it's I can have conversations with the boys now to put them at ease. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So um, we've. Uh, where are we today? What's today's day? Thursday, the twenty fifth. Okay. So um, for the past month, we've focused on. Uh, menopause and we focused a little bit on puberty now you know guys um, I just want to say we, we spoke about boys predominantly but the same uh, works for girls um, maybe a year earlier um, and if you do have questions or uh, some worries about this um, it is something that I think you as a parent should discuss with with your child. And if you are worried or the child is worried, you know what, get to a healthcare provider uh, that know what they do. Uh, you can contact us at the T Clinic. Um, we're in Johannesburg uh, on 010-824-1393 or you can find us on our website or social media. Drop us a message and uh, you know what, we can we can either allay your fears and give you some guidance as to how we diagnose and how we go forward. For the month of June, we're going to focus on aesthetic treatments and specifically aesthetic treatments for men. Why? Because um, all of us want to look good, but we do not want to look girly. So we're going to start with what is aesthetics for men? Um, what can be done? How do we assess a face? Um, which is something that we will do live on camera. We will do a live assessment of a face so that we have a better understanding of growing older and what happens when that happens. Um, and, um, yeah, until next week um, from us at the Tea Clinic, um, we wish you the best in health. That was the Tea Health Show, empowering you with knowledge. Download all previous episodes on your favorite podcast platform. The Tea Health Show is brought to you by Tea Clinic.